Chapter 6. Play it again. Professor Chang's staccato voice interrupted Victoria Midsong. The knot in her right shoulder tightened, so she cocked her neck to the left. Her private lesson ran over the allotted hour, but the Bach Chacon required extra time. When would she have the chance to ask her teacher about the concerto competition? Streaks of sweat soaked her palms as she held them in position, then drew her bow for the opening bars. Stop! Professor Chang leaned backward against the office chair. Your quadruple stops are still out of tune. How many times do I have to tell you? That was because playing four notes at the same time on the instrument was virtually impossible, especially with her sticky fingers. The previous four movements of Bach's Partita No. 2, while difficult, had been attainable, but this one was a different story. Victoria struggled to wrap her brain and fingers around the piece. No wonder it held its place as a pinnacle of the violin repertoire. Professor Chang rose from her desk and removed her own violin from its case. When you play Bach, it must sound effortless. Your listeners want to focus on the melody, not the chordal accompaniment. Then why didn't Bach write a piano accompaniment instead of forcing the violinist to play four notes simultaneously? She wasn't a church organist. Let me show you. Professor Chang tossed her raven black hair behind her shoulders and settled her instrument under her chin. At her powerful opening, Victoria stepped backward. The highest notes of the chords soared over the lower ones like a flag over a battlefield, so they were possible to play. Maybe Victoria just lacked the technical prowess. The students at Johann Conservatory probably mastered quadruple stops with ease. Now you try. Professor Chang moved next to the piano to give Victoria enough room to extend her bow. Victoria took a deep breath, then recommenced. The fingers in her left hand cramped as she stretched them across the four strings. She winced. Stop! Professor Chang nudged Victoria to the side. Take a break. We don't want to see you in pain. I'll play it again while you rest. Thanks. As Victoria set her instrument in its case, the authoritative sound of her professor's Italian violin filled the room. If only she possessed her tone. Maybe if Victoria owned a better instrument. She eyed her professor's antique violin, then glanced at her own. Light brown with an orange tint, her parents had given her the 20th century American-made violin for her 13th birthday. You're a teenager now, her mom had exclaimed. It's time you had a full-sized instrument of your own. At the time, Victoria had jumped at the chance to play a new instrument. In contrast to the cheap, smaller violins she'd played before, hers was phenomenal. But now... Next to Professor Cheng's powerful 17th century Stradivarius, the wood faded with age. Hers sounded like a mouse's attempt to roar with a lion. Victoria frowned. She should be grateful, appreciative. Mom and Dad had given her the instrument as a gift. She glanced at Professor Cheng's case. Its soft, velvet-green interior featured several pictures across the back. As the chacon continued to ring in her ears, Victoria moved closer to examine the photos. In one, a small boy in his large-rimmed glasses clutched a cello, a huge grin spread across his face. The corners of Victoria's own mouth turned up at the sight of little Jerry. How old was he at that time? Maybe seven or eight? Even at that age, the natural way he commanded the cello gave him the air of a master. 
In an adjacent photo, two violinists in matching red, sparkling dresses played together. The one on the left must have been Professor Chang, but the other? Victoria squinted. The woman resembled a younger version of her teacher, perhaps a sister or cousin? Probably the latter, since Jerry had never mentioned an aunt before. Silence stole over the room like an icy frost. What are you doing? Professor Cheng's voice pierced the air. I, I... Victoria backed away. I was looking at your pictures. Is that you in the red dress? She pointed to the older of the two women. Yes. Professor Cheng's voice sliced like a knife. And who is she? Victoria indicated the younger girl on the right. Professor Cheng slammed the case shut. Never mind. I thought you were listening to the shakun, not examining my personal affairs. Fire flashed in her dark eyes. You have a lot of work to do if you want to attend Johan next year, and I can't have you distracted during lessons. If you want a letter of recommendation, you'd better focus all of your attention on practice. But what about... Her nostrils flared. My next student should be here. Professor Cheng swung the door wide. That weasel, Franklin Curtis, stood outside with a larger-than-usual smirk on his face. No doubt he'd heard the exchange. Just what she needed after the disastrous lesson. Victoria packed up her violin and rushed out of the Arctic studio. Franklin sauntered inside. I've brought the Cacheturian Concerto with me today. My favorite. It'll be perfect for the competition. Victoria's heart sank. The Cacheturian? One of the hardest violin concertos ever written? She'd have to pick something amazing to compete with that. Jaw set, she marched down the hallway, passing a number of rooms where loud trombone blasts and clarinet scales accosted her ears. At the end of the hall, she found a vacant room, stole inside, and sank onto a chair next to the piano. Her case hit the floor with a thud. The bare, windowless walls closed in around her. How would she attend Johann Conservatory if Professor Chang didn't consider her qualified? The New York professors were even more rigorous than those here. She needed to practice more. Three hours a day wasn't enough. Nothing and no one was going to keep her from New York, not her family and not Professor Chang. She had to win that scholarship from the concerto competition. It was her ticket to freedom, independence, and the chance to finally be her own person. As she ran a few scales and arpeggios, the familiar notes flowed in rapid succession under her fingers. She wasn't so bad, after all. She turned the page in her scale book with ascending double stops. Her hands froze. She couldn't bear to look at more chords. But she had to. It was the only way. The first few notes she deemed passable, but as the level of difficulty increased, her fingers struggled to reach their necessary positions. This was getting worse. Her heartbeat quickened and her muscles tightened. The violin let out a deafening squawk and she shoved it into its case. The door creaked open and Jerry poked his head in. Am I interrupting? Without waiting for an answer, he entered and sat on the piano bench next to her chair. He said nothing, but instead ran his fingers over the keys. The somber tones of Fur Elise serenaded her and she closed her eyes. A plaintive motif echoed the cry that pounded in her heart. When the music stopped, she looked up to find Jerry watching her. So are you going to tell me what's going on? He folded his arms. She gulped. Your mother, 
Oh, no, he rolled his eyes. What has she done now? She doesn't think my Bach is Johann Caliber. A sob formed in Victoria's throat. She... The muscles in Jerry's arms flexed with tension. Don't listen to her. She always finds a way to stomp on people's dreams. But she's right. The chords aren't in tune. She flinched every time I played. So don't go to Johan. When she looked into his eyes, did she detect a hint of pleading? Or had she imagined it? No, I still want to go. I need to focus, that's all. Jerry's face fell. Did you talk to my mom about the details of the concerto competition? Victoria hesitated. I didn't get a chance to ask her. While your mom demonstrated the chacon, I looked at a couple of pictures in her case. Then she freaked out that I was looking at those instead of listening to her. As Victoria took a deep breath, the scent of rich, woodsy cologne wafted from his neck. He passed a hand through his mop of black hair. You said you looked at her pictures? Which ones? One was of you as a little boy holding your cello, she smiled, and he inched closer to her. A warm sensation rose to her cheeks. And the other was of two violinists dressed in red, your mother and some other woman. She looked like a younger sister or cousin. She peered into his eyes. I wondered if you had an aunt? I've never heard you mention one, but I thought maybe she lived in China or something. Jerry swallowed. Yeah, I bet Mom didn't like you asking about that. What did she do? She slammed her case shut and told me I needed to focus. Victoria grimaced at the thought of the previous exchange. Jerry stood up. I see. I'd better leave you to it then. He tugged open the door. Wait, Jerry, you didn't answer my question. Who was the other woman in the picture? But the door had already clicked behind him.